And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, Andrew, and with me is... Max. And Robert. The Gentleman Overlords. Guys, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty Yeah, pretty well considering. Pretty well considering. Yeah, I think that's kind of the boilerplate answer. <laughs> if you're doing okay is sort of a qualified that's doing a okay. You've if you listen to podcasts, you've heard that a lot at the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty much what you have to say, though. Like, even if you're doing all right, you have to understand that, you know, <laughs> there are people out there who aren't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, guys, why don't we get right into some movies we've seen? Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something <laughs> breakfast. Movies we've seen. Uh, Robert, why don't you go first? What movies have you seen recently? Let's see. Well, I rewatched. Um, I already mentioned I um, been doing a couple rewatches on the Dose Court, and I don't. I don't believe I talked about Jaws the last time. I think the last one I think we had watched at that point was Speed Racer. Um, I think that's right. But Jaws. That that classic tale of a shark and the man who loved him. <laughs> That's what um, I know about Jaws. No. I, I, I love Jaws. I think I want to say it was last summer, maybe, that I saw it in theaters at the Cinerama. Rest in peace. Never to come back, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's just a really great movie. I don't know. I think. I think some folks, and it's, you know, it is an older, uh, you know, it's from the 70s. It's an older film, but I, I personally like the pacing. I like I like the buildup, and then it becomes kind of a different movie once the three guys get out onto the water. Um, but it's it's a classic. It's, um, it's great. And there's a video that I recommend that people look up, which is Spielberg and some of his, uh, I don't know, pals, producers, watching the nominations for, like, the Oscars that year. And Mm -hmm. even though I think that's his, like, second film, he is, like, so pissed that he didn't get, you know, nominated for Best Director. And he's, like, he he feels like he didn't get enough nominations, even though, I mean, and in hindsight, it is is an amazing film. But it's it's just funny to think so early on he was so, like, you know, cocky about it. Um, What is it that, that makes that movie stand out so much to you? You know, I think it's just it's 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 very realistic in the sense that it I don't know, it didn't feel sensational the way the shark attacks occur. It it really does feels like there's this big shark, they weren't expecting it, and everyone is too stubborn to admit that there's that much danger on the beach, which is why there's the amount of deaths that occur. And it just it's just something so simple. These these people that go out on the water and try and conquer nature and barely get away with the skin of their teeth. It's it's just, and, and personally, I think the, I think there's like one or two shots where the shark doesn't look great, but the animatronic that they use in it is incredible, especially the shots of it kind of like moving under the boat and stuff. It's so terrifying looking. I, I just think it's, it's just, 
it's especially for shark movies it's just like one of the best as far as just like what it might feel like to to be up against that uh-huh. yeah why okay. do you not like it <laughs> i'm just wondering i think i've i've only seen it once maybe uh and it's such a classic ago? but it, uh it was a while ago too i think maybe five years to a decade hmm I mean, that's not like it's not like wasn't long enough ago to make an informed decision. But I don't know. It's just, it's great. It's a great. I'll, I say it's a great summer movie, but it it, it makes you not want to get in the water. Um, but it, I don't know. It just has just like a great feel. I don't know. It's maybe, so maybe it's the movie we need right now then to show people to not go to the beach. Yeah, beach bad. Stay inside. Um, also watched. Um, I think these are all Discord movies. I think I watched Blade and Space Jam on the Discord as well. Wow. Um, both so uh, great. <laughs> um, Blade is is so was so funny to see again. There's no way that what's it called the Jared? What's the what's the new one coming out? The the Spider Man vampire one? Oh, Morbius. Morbius. There is no way Morbius will be cooler than Blade. Well, you're, and Blade is it's like, also it's Wesley Snipes against Jared Leto. So you tell me. Well, yeah, but I just mean like there's been a lot of like forward momentum for comics and what they do and, and how cool they are in some respects. But and even though Blade very much occupies the time it, it came out and it and the sensibilities, it's still like I don't know. It's still like a very silly, like crazy, weird vampire comic movie. So. I, I like it for what it for what it was attempting to be, um, and then Space Jam. I think the I think the thing's barely an hour and a half. Uh, Andrew and Max, I think we've all maybe all talked about Jordan's amazing delivery when he is confronted by uh, the living Looney Tunes and is pulled into the world. What's going on here, guys? Uh huh. <laughs> I I rewatched. Really makes I, you think that he's truly seeing them. I I did rewatch Space Jam not that long ago because it has popped up on Netflix and also there was a um during that time where the Michael Jordan documentary was really in the zeitgeist it was just kind of fun to watch stuff with uh-huh. him in it and boy Space Jam Sure Boy oh boy Indeed. I that's interesting because you didn't really come down on a positive or a negative on that Um you'll have to wait till my movies we've seen segment Wow <laughs> Um, all right. Well, in that case, I think that's the movies I've seen. So, Max, well, let's hear you? yours. Oh, oh, me? You don't want to hear yours? I mean, we just got that little teaser. Okay. <laughs> I, I truly, I, it's been like months since I watched uh, Space Jam, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's bad, right? Like it's, it's fun <laughs> and corny and like it has a, a nostalgia to it, but it's like a fundamentally bad movie. Like the, the animation is all like fucking weird. Like, the only time that Jordan emotes is when he is a cartoon and it's just like, it's he's, he's bad in it. <laughs> Bill, Mur- Bill Murray's funny in it. Like Bill Murray mm-hmm. has a, a funny couple lines and Wayne Knight's good in it. And the Looney Tunes are all, you know, fun, but they're all funny. I, I was annoyed by, I was bummed that like Daffy's voice doesn't sound like, like, the kind I remember. Right. Everybody else kind of sounds weird, like a weird voice actor. Yeah. It all, they all sound sort of what you remember the Looney Tunes sounding like, except for Daffy. That's uh, actually, that's because uh, Charles Barkley refused to be in it unless he got uh, the voice. Could voice Daffy. What? 
Little known <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, what else? Have I wa- So we watched Walk Hard on Monday. We do a, a standing movie night on Monday nights with some friends over text, and we watched Walk Hard, which yeah. is always a delight to watch. Um, and also to see people texting their reactions to various scenes <laughs> is always always a delight. Has how how many people had seen it, were seeing it for the first time, Drew? Uh, I'm gonna guess roughly half were seeing it for the first time. Wow! And are any of them like pop star kind of? Are do they like the mockumentary style, or is there any you know, sort a, of precedent? A, a lot of them like love Wet Hot American Summer, so I was kind of surprised that they hadn't seen it before. But also, like, I don't mm. know. I think like it was pretty popular with like us and our friend group but i don't think it had like that huge release and then it kind of got forgotten i think because like all the apatow comedies were still coming out at that point and you know knocked up and sure. all these things that were like bigger comedies kind of got the spotlight and i think this movie got kind of forgotten but it is it's streaming on netflix so if you if you like the the sort of like absurdist you know it is a, it's a it's it's making it's sort of taking up uh, Walk the Line and Ray and all these musical biopics and making a, a, a fictitious uh, musician named Dewey Cox and sort of taking going through his life. Um, it's, it's very funny. And the, um, the amount of people who are doing, you know, sort of caricatures of musicians is, is, I think that got the biggest rise out of everybody was like when, you know, like, uh, the Beatles, uh, the Beatles, and uh, Jack White Elvis. playing Elvis. Yeah. yeah, Frankie Muniz playing Buddy Holly. Just that sort of that sort of casting always were that seemed to be the getting the biggest reaction out of people. So there's, I mean, there's a mil, there's a million lines in that movie that I enjoy, but the one that I was thinking of just now was a uh, that was early Dewey. This is middle Dewey. Yep. When that <laughs> when that line happened, I did call that out on the on the text chain. That line makes me laugh so hard. The actor who plays the dad and is is talking about how the wrong kid died the whole movie, even to the point where at the end he like comes into the barn and he's just singing like the wrong kid dad. Yep, he's to like himself. he's like, like putting together hay piles and just to himself saying wrong kid dad. I remember the the impersonation of the Beatles were just awful in that. Oh, they're so bad, but it's so. I mean, like, <laughs> being good. Yeah, it's, it, it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It but, fits like, with the movie, but it's so yeah. like they couldn't. Like you, it's hard to imagine on purpose picking worse actors to then portray the Beatles. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like it's not even like I mean they don't. None of them look like who they're supposed to be playing. Obviously, none of them sound like who they're supposed to be playing. It was just, it's uh-huh. it's very enjoyable. How on purpose it is. Uh, on purpose, bad it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then what did we watch before that? We watched. Uh, I can't remember what we watched before that. Hitch, that was the one with uh, Will Smith. Oh boy! Yeah, and and what's his name? Kevin. Kevin James. Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Paul. I don't know why you know the Paul. name Kevin Durant. Paul Blart date cop. Um, That's right. Yeah, it, it like it was. I've never seen Hitch before, and like, so I didn't really know what kind of. I mean, I knew what kind of movie it was, but I didn't know like the quality of it. And like, it was it was watchable. I I 
I didn't love it, but I thought it was like a, a fine hour and a half, hour 45 minute movie. It introduced a very weird subplot where, uh, so Will Smith, while being like the date doctor, is also trying to date Eva Mendez. And he like takes her out. And on this date, he finds like the the book that her grandfather, grandfather, great grandfather signed when they immigrated to the U.S. And it turns out that she was like, oh, yeah, this is so nice. But like we don't have like we've kind of excommunicated him from the family because it turned out he was a serial killer. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like this untouched plot for the rest of the movie that she has like a serial killer grandfather and like what's, she met wait, she, what's the implication too? Like, is he supposed to be a famous serial killer? It's like yeah. he was the night stalker. Yeah, it was like a it was like a very famous I like it might be famous in the real world, but at least in this in the movie when she said it, everyone in the room was like, Gull, like this is something we all this is a, a, a name we all know. Ooh, just, that's a really bad serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, one of the one of the worst ones. Um and so it was just like this thing that like came out of nowhere. It it does not play into it into the movie later except that like when they get into a fight he like sort of needles her by saying like you know whatever you know in the heat of the moment uh make makes a comment about it but other than that it's like it's not a subplot it's not a thing it's just like something they bring up as like a a a character affectation for her that her grandfather was a serial killer so yeah it was was just a a throwaway joke that that landed wrong or something i have no idea what was on anybody's mind doing that but it really <laughs> like it truly caught me off guard and made me laugh very hard but um yeah those are the movies i've seen what about you max uh i actually got to watch a um disney movie that i had kind of avoided for a long time um <clears throat> tangled have you guys watched tangled yeah i love tangled i love tangled too i the sequel yeah. Uh, well, there was Tangled Ever After, which is a series, but or a short movie, but nice try. Yeah. Max. Wah, wah. Um, I think they do have a series too, or series as well. But uh, Tangled, I, it came out at that time after I was no longer interested in Disney. Pretty much, like I thought they had done all their good stuff and kind of fell off, and they were making Tarzan and weird stuff. And so I wasn't all that excited about Tangled when it came out. But Tangled is awesome. It is so good. I was really impressed and uh, yep. not just because of the name, but I really liked the horse Maximus. <laughs> I, I think yes. that he was one of the funnest parts, just like a really cool character. But I also liked the characterization of pretty much everyone. And I like the fact that the villain is, is not like, well, definitely outright villain, but more just manipulative, like, um, like gaslighting. Yeah, exactly. Gaslighting, negs and stuff. Uh, it, it was good. It was well made and funny and, and all that great stuff. And the, great song, songs, the songs are good too, yeah. Yeah, they got some jams in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. And if anybody else has been avoiding Tangled because they thought it came out after Disney had uh, had uh, finished making good movies, you, you're wrong. There's at least Tangled. I don't Dead know. Wrong. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus yet or not, but they did make a short sequel called Tangle Ever After that I think aired before some other Disney movie. But the short the short film is about Maximus and the chameleon um, 
they are pascal pascal yeah they are it's right before the like the wedding and they're supposed to have the rings and they both end up losing the rings and it it becomes (laughs) this like romp chase around town of them trying to get the rings before the ceremony like gets to that point and it's it is it's just those two characters i mean they have everybody's in it but they all play short parts compared to pascal and maximus Uh and it's just them going on this chase through town trying to get the rings it's really funny and like i don't know again i don't know if it's on disney plus or not but it was i i enjoyed that a lot yeah i'll have to check that out i know they do have a a few of those uh tangled spinoffs on there that they were recommending after i finished the movie yeah uh so then after that i watched one that's uh a, a lot heavier uh called dark waters which is um mark ruffalo as a lawyer who kind of stumbles across uh or is confronted by this uh poisoning that's going on in in the water in a in a town and it's based on a true story and it's a story that we all know we know the outcome of it uh but i'm still presenting it kind of as a mystery because they they play it in the movie kind of as a mystery like what is going on with the water and they uncover this stuff and it's you know it turns out to be things that affect us and companies that we know and products that we use and uh just poisoning people causing cancer causing birth defects causing all types of stuff and um and what was it mountain dew or something it was teflon (laughs) Yeah, don't don't huh? mess with my Baja Blast. I just I just finished the last of the <laughs> the Baja Blast that I ordered the other day. Ordered the other day. This I went so out and got it at the store. Huh? I think I just mentioned like Michael Clayton and Aaron Brockovich both talk about like like poisoned water and stuff too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, companies you can't put it past them. They'll do the most despicable stuff in order to it's make not the water they have to drink retain money. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's it's despicable. It's it's this when I talk about like horror movies not being interesting to me and and uh, like having a different type of horror. This this is, is your horror movie. This, this is my horror movie. This is what I consider the true horror. The horror of people who are willing to do whatever. You know, like I'm not really scared when I when I'm in my house when I'm going walking down the street that someone is going to come up with a knife and stab me. I'm not worried that I'm going to get locked in a room and have to saw my leg off. But you hear I hear that am, jigsaw. He's not scared <laughs> of you. I am really scared and disgusted that people, as we know them, uh, people in business suits are doing terrible things to other people all the time. Yeah. Awful. But it's a really good movie. It's, the songs are watch. really good. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, yeah, you won't believe uh, <laughs> some of the numbers in this. Actually, good transition to the next movie. I do recommend Dark Waters. Everyone should watch Dark Waters. It's fantastic. It's got and this Mark is not the Rockwell, Jennifer Connelly Dark Water movie. And Hathaway. No, it is not that movie. That's also a good watch. Obviously, Jennifer Connelly's in it. Uh, but this is Dark Waters, plural. Uh, multiple Dark Waters. Ah, oh, sequel. Yeah. <laughs> But the next movie I watched did have some singing in it. Uh, it was one of the weirdest movies I've seen in a long time. Um, it's an old classic called Paint Your Wagon with Clint Eastwood. Oh. Here's the thing. Okay, so I had, I had, uh, I saw this 
a book, a Western book, right? And I was like, you know what? I should watch a um, Clint Eastwood Western. I haven't watched one in a long time. I should seek out one that I haven't seen and watch a new Clint Eastwood West Western. And like the only one that I hadn't seen that was available for free on Prime was Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> I love that. The only one I hadn't seen that was available free on Prime. <laughs> Yeah, but it, so it narrowed it down for me, and uh, it's a it's a musical. Clint Eastwood does some singing. It turned out we're into the movie for an hour when we decided, hey, maybe we need to uh, like pause this and watch it uh, tomorrow because it's getting a little bit late. So we pause it an hour into the movie and find out that there's still an hour and forty minutes left. What? It is two what? hours and forty it's like a minutes. Fucking Avengers Endgame. It is so strange, and it is a. It's about. Uh, did you did you wait? Did you accidentally <laughs> run paint your wagon Endgame? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the beginning of the Clint Eastwood Western uh, Infinity universe. Saga. Universe. Um, it's a very strange movie. It's. Which of the infinity uh, paintbrushes did he get in this movie? <laughs> he got the the red and the purple, and then you're we're gonna have to wait until the the next one to find out is what it, happens with green and blue. Is it anything like the the way they portrayed in that Simpsons episode where they rent painter wagon? I don't. Well, that, that's I don't what I think is so funny is because that that scene is basically like not really a parody. Like I always thought it was Simpsons, like making the a joke, like what if there was like a weird Western, but it's like, I think the joke is that people didn't really know about that movie. And it's, it's that bizarre. Well, grab a brush. <laughs> it's, it's not really about painting a wagon at all. And not even in the slightest. I don't know if they even paint a wagon. Maybe, it. maybe that is more the joke is that the, the Simpsons makes it seem like the movie is about that. About <laughs> gonna paint wagon. your yeah, wagon, gonna paint it good. It's much weirder than that. There's So they, they start this town, it's a gold rush town, uh, called No Name City. And on their uh, sign, they say population male. So like everyone who was in, involved in this gold rush uh, was male. And so then uh, they, everyone, like, they hear that two women are coming into town and all the guys, it's really gross. All the guys rush over to go take a peek basically to see these two women who are coming in. And uh, it turns out that they're both married to the same man because he's Mormon. And, uh, and so everyone in town is super disappointed. And, and then they, they get in a fight. One of the, the wives gets in the fight with the husband decides to leave him and then the whole town decides to auction her off to buy her as a wife. And wow. and they treat her as a uh, gold claim, essentially, like a mining claim, because this is a mining town. Holt, it gets weirder from there, too. Like, uh, she ends up marrying both Clint Eastwood and his partner, and then uh, they dig holes underground, the whole thing. It's so strange, and I can't really explain why it's strange, but like watching it every 10 minutes was just like, what is happening now? What's going on? Clint Eastwood does his own singing, and he actually has a really nice voice. Yeah, we've all seen Gran Torino, okay? (laughs) 
Oh, does he sing in that? The 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 end credit song is him doing like a Gran Torino sort of like. Oh, you know. Yeah. I think I did hear that because I think I had an idea in the back of my mind that Clint Eastwood sang, but I thought he was terrible, and that's probably where it comes from. He's <laughs> actually good in uh, <laughs> in uh, Paint Your Wagon. Not too shabby. Anyways, really weird movie. Uh, really long, so I don't know if anyone's into that, but uh, yeah, check it out, and you might be you, you might find it pretty strange. Uh, the movie I watched after that was The Thing from Another Planet, the 50s version of The Thing before John Carpenter did it. Uh, this Boo! Is the first... <laughs> Have you seen it? Hell yeah. Yeah? What did you think? Didn't like it as much as the John Carpenter one. <laughs> I I think I'm with you on that one, but I did find it pretty interesting. It's... Uh, sure. It's black and white. It has a, I thought, weird, weird pacing, especially with the dialogue. Everyone speaks really quickly, and everyone speaks over each other, uh, which I think might just be yeah, a problem. Yeah, it was the first mumblecore uh, sci-fi horror <laughs> movie. Felt like it. I don't know if it was a product of the times or if they were doing something different than everybody else at that time. I guess I don't know enough uh, black and white movies from the 50s to, to really judge that. But hmm. it's pretty interesting. Big Frankenstein-looking monster. Didn't have any um, of the shape-shifting really going on from... Yeah, it's like things. it's kind of like a plant a- alien at first, no? Yeah, and I do think that's interesting, too. It seems like that was popular for a while with the invasion of the pod people, and I feel like there were some other examples of just aliens were kind of these uh, plant-based creatures and, and propagating through seeds and stuff like that. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it was just that, like, we supposed that if any planet were to have a basic life, it would be, like, plant plant life, and that maybe it would it would become something akin to us, but, but based on uh, flora rather than fauna. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's one of those kind of, um, like, a way to make something sound completely different different but at the same time grounded so you know oh, it's a plant i know what that is rather than saying you know like it's a collection of uh, uh silicon chains or something like that where you really have no connection to it but you know plants you know how Ooh, that one sounds how plants work. that's the the crystal foxes from uh from uh the jedi one what <laughs> the last jedi the wrong jedi what's it called yep. the last the jedi. wrong jedi <laughs> The wrong the uh, Star, uh, Star Wars Episode Eight. The wrong director, I think, was the. <laughs> uh, he episode... licks. He licks the ground, and he's like, "Hmm, silicon chains." <laughs> I know that taste anywhere. Oops, all Jedi. Oops, all silicon chains. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, interesting movie. Uh, interesting concept. The other movie I watched was Just Mercy. How was that? Which Andrew, did you end up watching that? I haven't yet. Uh, Jillian wanted to watch that, and we didn't really have time to watch it together, so we're gonna probably watch it this weekend, is my guess. Okay, and and Robert, you started but haven't finished. I haven't finished it. Yeah, it is. It's a really good movie. It's a tearjerker. It's uh, it's uh, you know, one of those ones that's hard to watch. Makes you think about it afterwards. Like, what what the hell kind of world are we living in? Why is this happening within my lifetime? 
kind of stuff. You know, like why isn't this done? Why aren't we? Why aren't we finished with that? Right, the kind of thing that you think probably like I obviously it's a little more on our minds this week in the last couple weeks and it has been in a while but it's one of those things that you like i know like knowing the story it's one of those things that you if you're insulated from that sort of thing you think like for the most part things like this ended in like the 60s right like that stuff like this doesn't happen today yeah but but it's like 1990 it's in we looked up some stuff afterwards, some similar stories, and they're still happening, you know? Yeah. 2013, 2015, all that. I think something happened this year, too. Like yeah. Death Row stuff. But, uh, yeah, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, uh, both great performances. Brie Larson, great performance. It's, it's, a, it's a great movie. Cool. I'm really looking forward to watching it. I mean, like, yeah. not... I'm looking forward to it based on the performances of everybody. I'm, I'm not looking forward to, you know, obviously seeing like a, a true story that is so horrible play out on screen. But yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if any, anyone out there wants to see it, it is free right now on Amazon. And it's, it's this weird thing. And, Apparently, and YouTube, YouTube, actually, you can just buy it or rent it oh, rather. Nice. Yeah. yeah um, so, no excuse. Don't even worry about Amazon's yeah, money. Yeah, I think they, just, I think uh, they, yeah, they made it free for the entire month of June. Cool. Right on. Well, that's what I've been watching. Cool. Rob, you got any TV shows you've seen? <laughs> TV shows we've seen. We've <laughs> seen. No TV, unfortunately, for me. Well, fuck. <laughs> Um, what have I watched? I've been watching, they just put season 15 of Supernatural on Netflix, so I've been watching that, or at least the first half of season 15, they had to postpone the rest because of COVID. Mm. Uh, The 100 came back. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Oh, no, I I was trying to ask, was the, uh, is that supposed to be the last season of Supernatural? It is is the last season. Like I said, the production got halted because of COVID, so they haven't finished the back half of the last season yet. Um, but first, first half or first 13 episodes are on Netflix. Uh, the hundred came back. So watching that, uh, agents of shield also came back. So watching those episodes and I think I thought both of those were, were done already there. It's the last season for both. So, okay. Yeah. The, the hundred boy, both shows, <laughs> it's like they're unrecognizable from when they started. It's just like, they're both in like very peculiar places in their final seasons right now. So uh-huh. yeah, I both are, both are good and I'm enjoying both and I'm sad to see them go and supernatural too ending this year. So yeah, you're watching all finales. Yeah. So that's it for me, Max. What about you and TV? Uh, let's see. I finished up the Harley Quinn first series. Uh, really good. I recommend that to people. Very funny. Uh, Poison Ivy is such a great character in that. Uh, a lot of good characters, a lot of, a lot of fun laughs, but also a lot of like, just interesting char- characterizations. So I recommend it. Check it out. I also watched the whole first series of Hannah. That's on Prime, right? Stor- e- yes, I believe so. Yes, Prime. That's what I watched it. Um, and 
that one is about like a genetically modified girl who escapes and and then is uh kind of chased down and is trying to figure out her her history but it it stars the um both the two main characters uh from the killing and so not the two main characters the two main actors of the killing and so it was fun to see them again and playing slightly different roles but also like recognizable you could see like they would have their their um reactions that would remind you of the other characters sometimes but that was good it also has a really great soundtrack a lot of songs by the yeah yeah yeahs and karen O. and um yeah uh check check that out um i also watched i'm not okay with this which is a, a story um about a high school aged girl who gets um some she kind of runs into some some powers of her own that are uh triggered by emotions she's kind of having a kind of crappy life and that's manifesting itself in in these powers um but really interesting relationships there to her and her friends and her and her family and her father uh passed away and so it's kind of how how her family is dealing with that and uh her kind of being uh the uncool kid at school and uh done very well and it has a lot of horror themes uh, kind of woven within it like it has uh this imagery kind of from carrie of her covered in blood and uh a a few other kind of like um connections to other other tv shows i looked it up afterwards and they said yes i was very much intentional or, or just kind of like we knew they said they knew they were going to be compared to those things uh so they wanted to just embrace it and go for it and i thought that it worked out really well it has the same uh actress as the nancy drew movie that i watched a couple weeks ago uh-huh and uh she does a great job i watched the first uh, episode i liked it a lot i haven't i haven't continued it but i have been meaning to yeah i recommend you you finish it off go through it <laughs> cool and it's uh, uh, it it's, it's loosely tied in with uh the end of the fucking world that's also a netflix series oh should i check that one out loosely tied like there's i a, think they a, exist in the same universe crossover? i think there's some character crossover but interesting <laughs> i don't think you have to see one to get the other well maybe that should be something that i check out yeah maybe all right um i also watched some of what we do in shadows uh more of those episodes as they come out. And then I tried to watch Flower Fight, which is kind of like a um, one of those contest shows. Uh, oh, yeah. Based, based on like um, putting together flower arrangements. And uh, there were some interesting arrangements and some interesting people, but it seemed kind of try hard. Like it was just trying to be the great British bake off. It does have one of the character, one of the, uh, actresses from what we do in the shadows the the person who plays nadia or nadia uh she's one of the hosts of it but ultimately it felt a little bit true too try hard that i, I don't think i'm going to continue a flower fight 
but they do create some cool stuff in there. So if you're interested in flowers, maybe give it a give it a look. My mom really enjoyed it. Uh, the other thing I've been watching, is, or I watched the uh, most recent season of Queer Eye, How's which it? it's it's good. It's always touching. It's kind of heart wrenching. There is one that like seems a little bit out of place because it's just they they always go to people who really seem like they're in need, and this is just kind of like a. Uh, a DJ in New Jersey who's kind of like stalled out is he has like a really loving family kind of but like they they have dinner every week and stuff like that but he just kind of feels like they don't take him seriously enough or something or that he's just not as proud of himself it just seemed a little bit light I don't know I kept thinking that there was going to be some weird twist in that episode where at the end it turned out like he had something that was really holding him back, but it was just kind of like, nah, he just got a haircut, got some new clothes, and then told his family that he wanted to be a DJ and that they should respect him for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he uh, like started hosting stuff at his house for them to come over so like he would contribute where he didn't, he would just kind of like, I don't know, it was weird. It just seemed like his life was pretty good already. That not necessarily, that is also like another um, thing to think about, right? That even when people uh, have a life that seems great from the outside, they still have their hangups. They still have their things that they need to work through and they still have the things holding them back. So there's, there's that to be said about it. It just fell a little bit flatter than the rest of the series. But that's, that's the, all of that I've seen cool. in terms of TV. Uh, Rob, you've been playing any video games? Um, mostly Civilization. Is it six, the newest one? I don't know. I think so. It's, I, don't know, it's, I don't know. It's four. It's, I think it's like maybe like five or six, but um, I've been really enjoying it. It's, um, I typically, <laughs> it's one of those games that I can, it is infinitely easy to just stop and just not do anything because it's just turn-based. Like literally like you move your unit you build your thing. You can't skip your turn until your your factory is making something or your scout has walked unless you skip the turn. But it's the it's the game that keeps me in my chair so long and like I wait to go, you know, do something else or I forget, oh, I should go get some more water or something. And it's it's just so addictive in such a fun way. Um, I really like that game. So I definitely been kind of when I've been putting some time aside, I've been kind of getting lost in that one. Back right on. I, I, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I've seen the animations in that. I haven't really seen a whole lot. I haven't played Civilization probably since the second one, maybe, maybe even the first one. But the animations look really interesting in that, and uh, it's got a lot of history, and it seems like an, an interesting game. I haven't, I haven't checked out uh, 6, I think it is. Um, but on my own, I've been playing The Last Guardian, more than anything else, which is the the sequel to um, Shadow of the Colossus, and the is it sequel. actually a sequel? It's it's it. I believe that exist it exists in the same world and in the same timeline. I don't know if it's a sequel. Or I don't know where they really stack up. But I think uh, the the whole trilogy with Last Guardian, Shadow of the Colossus, and Ico all exist in the same universe and. And 
just have some time in between. I think there's, I don't know, forward or backward. Uh, I think maybe Shadow of the Colossus might have been a prequel to Ico, but I don't know where Last Guardian fits in. And I don't know if that's all speculative or if that's been uh, like uh, outright stated. But if nothing else, it's a spiritual successor. And you end up, you're a young boy who's um, basically wakes up covered in tattoos that he doesn't know about uh, in a cave with this um, mythical creature called Trico, which um, is like yeah, kind of a, a winged cat. Is there a Trico? Yeah, he's like a little like he's like a little like lizard guy. He's like one of the craft starters in like the third or fourth gen. Maybe this one is pronounced Toriko. In um, no, in no, the, it's in, the same. <laughs> in the he's last guardian, it. maybe it's yeah. It's just a giant Pokemon that they're riding that he's riding around on. Uh, it's interesting because it combines the goes, some of the Trico, Trico, Trico. <laughs> yeah, the the my favorite part of the game is just that the animal that you're with the entire game always says its own name over and over and over again. I like the part in Last Guardian where you're in that like vehicle and you're just taking pictures of Tricos on a track. <laughs> you're thinking you can, of Last and you Guardian. Can out, you can print out those pictures at a Blockbuster if you want. <laughs> if you can find the last one in existence. The Last Guardian, more like the last Blockbuster. Oh, <laughs> slam. The Last Guardian, it's got some interesting stuff. It's got some cool mechanics, but it feels dated it feels like the camera they really didn't know what they were doing it's it's constantly like your character is covering the screen or the camera is trying to rotate and can't get to a good spot so it just uh snaps all of a sudden like very disorienting and sometimes it will do that multiple times like right in a row if you get stuck in a place where there is no good camera position the camera will just continually change and shift and it can it can make you sick. I can imagine a lot of people not uh, being into the camera. Also, the controls are really fidgety. Everything's a little slow. Everything's a little bit delayed, and nothing feels smooth or crisp. And I I believe some of that's intentional. I don't think all of it's intentional. And so, like I was kind of holding off on buying this, even though I'm excited, even though I like Shadow of the Colossus and everything, um, because I heard a lot of people saying that that the camera and the, the controls were a little bit awful and it's all true even though it's a gorgeous setting and uh like really interesting concept it's interesting that like i because it, it's reminding me of final fantasy 15 in that like because it's a game that's been in development for you know final fantasy 15 was in development for like 10 years mm-hmm. and i think Last Guardian was something similar, right? It was supposed to be like a PS3 title, and it ended up coming out on the PS4, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe, I believe that's. That I think correct. there's just like some like be... herky jerky, you know, like mechanics that just kind of came through mm-hmm. from the like original development. They just did never fixed, which is unfortunate because I believe that it was a like supposed to be a launch title for the PS3 yeah, too. So like. Right. It was in development for the entire PS3 lifespan and then the like a lot of the PS4 lifespan. So uh, it's too bad. And the thing is, I think those camera controls are 
are fixable. You, you know, like you can modify that stuff after the fact. I believe they could have done that. Yeah, but they, but they didn't because I don't know. So many other even smaller uh, developers are able to nail that. I I feel like yeah, it would be more testing at the end. But if you got ten years that you're working on this thing, it's worth updating. I think. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I, it's probably a really small studio um, working on that one, even though it's owned by Sony and everything. I think it is a small team. Yeah, you're and they're right. doing some. They're doing some interesting stuff that you don't see a whole lot. Like you're able to climb around freely on a creature that's climbing around the world freely. And so, like you know, there are a lot of things at play his arms moving his necks moving his tails flapping around everywhere and you're a kid with all these limbs that are like uh you know like reaching onto the different uh grab points where you're like pulling yourself up uh clasping onto the animal's feathers and stuff like that so it's tough and i can see why you would run into situations where maybe you jump on the animal's back and then it stands up. And so all of a sudden you're right at the ceiling. And how do you figure that out with the camera? You're kind of like stuck in a position and you either have to wait till the animal moves or you have to kind of try and climb out. But uh, uh-huh. it doesn't fully work. I don't know what the excuse is, but it doesn't fully work. But it is an, an interesting game and I, I will probably complete it even though I am <laughs> constantly frustrated by it. Yeah. I did the same thing with Final Fantasy XV where, like, I I was having, like, not a horrible time playing it the entire time, but there were definitely points where I was just having a bad time, and I just kind of wanted to, like, finish the game out of, like, I paid money, I, you know, have played so many Final Fantasy games to completion, I should just finish this, but I was not enjoying myself for, like, portions of the game. Yeah. And yeah. it's unfortunate too, because you like you have that feeling. Oh, I should like this, and and it's just not quite there. And, yeah. and there are things that you do like about it, right? Like, yeah. There there are things that are great, but it just doesn't quite reach that thing. And a lot of this stuff seems like it's simple. I know it's not. I know that it's a lot of work. But the number of times you've seen it done well kind of makes you feel like, oh yeah, well that that should have been a breeze for these folks. But, yeah. Or it should have been their first consideration even if it wasn't easy it should have been something that they focused on yeah i hear you what have you been playing andrew i downloaded animal crossing on monday baby oh boy i love it i played the original animal crossing on gamecube i didn't play new leaf on the wii u but i did play pocket camp on the ios for a little while but yeah Animal Crossing, New Horizons on the Switch. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, it has, That's like, great. it. I've, I got it on Monday. I've probably put in already six hours into it in the last couple of days. So I'm just, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Are you going to shout out your island numbers so people can come visit you? Not yet. I, I, I'm still in early <laughs> stages, so I, I don't want uh, once I've once I've like curated and made it feel like it's not just a beginner's island, then I'll I'll start sharing island right, info. Right. But hey, don't time me. I'm on island time, baby. 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 But yeah, that's uh, I've been playing that a lot. Um. 
that was a nice break from finishing Final Fantasy 15 and um, having something where it's just like pick some weeds, build some stuff, and talk to people has been like a nice, a nice break from driving a bad car and fighting dumb monsters. So, Animal Crossing. Yeah, dude, it's cool. And it's got you can customize the 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 clothes and everything that you're wearing too. Draw little pictures on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I I like truly. I loved Animal Crossing on the GameCube. I played it a lot. Um, it's just one of those games that like it's very easy to lose a lot of time, and it doesn't mm-hmm. like it. Just it's it's fun. I don't know. I just I I enjoy the affectations of like the you know the animals walking around and the way people talk you know like they haven't changed like i think you, max you and i have talked about how like in lego games how like they went from like mm-hmm. you know sort of like a mumble or whatever to like full speech and like i'm glad that these games have like kept the from the gamecube like the the way that the that people speak to you there's the word bubbles Yes. And what they're saying, so like if it sounds it's a sped up version of the words, but it still kind of sounds like gibberish. And like they haven't changed that from the GameCube. Like it still sounds like you know, it's just it's like Yeah. You know, it's it's fun. I, I remember Star Fox also moved away from that. Like yeah. whatever the um the frog did, and then they actually gave him voices that kind of, you know, referenced the old ones. But I, I think that, that that's missing. I like the idea of that. Even like uh, Kotor did the same thing. Knights of the Old Republic, they had uh, um, like all the alien races would speak in just kind of like cycled um, uh, gibberish words. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but they had like you know like the Twi'leks would just be I forget what they said. I thought of it recently, and I was like, oh yeah, they always used to say that word like they there was one little cycle and when you catch it it was just like um sounded strange but it was a memorable sound hmm. yeah, yeah there's something about that having a distance from the language you're you're getting the language and text but you're just kind of getting a feeling you're getting the emotion you're getting the um you know just kind of uh how they're speaking, they'll have the, yeah. an unset, upset tone, and they'll have like a happy tone, and you'll you'll catch that. And that's really all you need. Yeah, there's a creativity lend to, like, if you can't, if you're not using words to to convey emotion, to have like either a sound effect or like the way that they their tone, you're right, the tone shifts or something is like, you you have to kind of play around with that sort of thing and be creative in that way. I think that's Max. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, I I tested one of the Animal Crossings, and I I did think that it was a very cute game. I thought there was a lot of like neat things about it. I do think that it has it has some like inventory management issues, and it has some kind of like ease of use uh, issues that I've seen complaints about in on this one. Like when you you go to catch a fish, and you're always going to catch a sea bass. It's it's like pretty often yeah. that uh, like it's one of the most prominent fishes in the water. So you get disappointed, but every time it happens, you hold up the sea bass and it says a little pun afterwards. And then you have to wait to put it away in your uh, satchel. And then you have to get rid of it later. And like all that stuff, there, there are steps for everything and repetitive. And like when you're collecting uh, things off the ground, you can stack them in, in stacks of 10 or something. 
It depends. Some but, are 30, uh, some are 10. Some are 30. Okay. But I've seen some people like creating their own mods and creating hacks and stuff like that. So that will allow you to, you know, store 99 of one or skip text that you've seen already or like uh, craft items all at once rather than, you know, each one individually. Yeah. You want to craft 10 things, you have to do the crafting uh, thing, select it 10 times each rather than, you know, just selecting, I would like 10 of these, craft the thing, watch the animation once, and you got it. Uh, so I kind of wish that have you they seen, would up, Have you seen it. that, like, that video online that's basically, like, a pretend Nintendo update? Like, yeah. this is what's coming to Animal Crossing, and it's, it is all the stuff you're describing. It's, like, all the quality of life stuff that people want. I think I saw that one first, and then I saw that people like modded it in they actually created that they they made a way for you to do that in your game that's cool wow yeah dude all right guys um before we go we wanted to kind of highlight some uh causes that are that are helping um the black community people who are affected the hardest by what's going on with the embattlement between protesters and the police. And so, Max, I knew you had an organization or a, a GoFundMe you wanted to talk about, and Robert, you had a, a, a different thing you wanted to highlight. But, uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead first and, and talk about what you want to talk about. Um, yeah. Um, so I had kind of like waited to talk about um, that I rewatched... Um, attacked the block recently and um that was one of john boyega's maybe not his earliest film but definitely an earlier film for him um prior to any anything for star wars and he, he in particular has been um very local uh, very vocal rather in in uh, the london protests um against police brutality and um uh you know part of the part of the marches for George Floyd, and um, I think one of the things that, that struck me, um, and I'm sure others, is there's a point where um, he says in the crowd that he doesn't care. He, he knows that by saying what he's saying, and because of the way that things are currently set up, that there's a pretty good chance he won't have a career with Disney or Star Wars or anything like that again. And... They have, you know, like almost every company at this point, put out a statement in support of the movement and in support of John Boyega as well. But, but um, it's the fact is that we have we have people we have people working in an industry in industries where, you know, they they should have been out a million times, and the idea that someone could speak up for simply what's right and and peacefully protest and demand actual change that needs to occur in the world and does so with the knowledge that it would cost them their livelihood is one of the many issues going on in in all of this mm -hmm. um and it's it's good to know that he's being supportive i hope i hope it's not um a hollow promise 
But mm-hmm. um, and I know a lot of people online expressed support support to him and said they would love to you know do something with him. And but it's not also just about him. But I, it did also it definitely in Attack the Block, John Boyega's character is part of a a gang of like kind of kids that live in an apartment block and during the course of the movie defend it from these aliens. But prior to that, and part of the thrust of the film is that they're, you know, they're running around holding people up and, you know, and, you know, stealing people's purses and stuff. And there's this, there's just a lot of, by the end, there's this basic humanity between all of the kids and the disparate people, including a woman that they tried to rob earlier in the film. And it's obviously it's not, uh, not solving anything in this film but it's it was just like it was an interesting one to watch especially in light of everything that's happening and given how Boyega has his career has changed and kind of his his place right now and um yeah it just really struck me so I know that I know that he's advocating heavily for um you know bail funds and and different things um uh in England right now, but I'm, I guess my general uh, plea would be for people to, you know, donate and, and boost where they can, especially, um, yeah, especially anything that he, that Mr. Boyega has, has signal boosted himself. I think there's a lot of, um, especially right now, and I think Andrew might have something, you might have something to touch on, um, England centric as well, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of good places to donate there, if not here, here at home. So, yeah. Max, go ahead. Okay, so it's not exactly a, a GoFundMe, but um, one thing that's that's kind of blowing up uh, is this website called itch.io. That's itch, like uh, scratch an itch, .io. And uh, they put together, or it's a basically a way for indie video game developers to, to put their games up uh, on a platform. And they put together a bundle for racial justice and equality, and it has blown up huge. It's one of the biggest bundles, uh, video game bundles that's ever been put together and um, Uh. keeps growing. Uh, So all of the the proceeds from this uh, go to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. and the community bail fund split 50-50. And um, these game designers um, are basically putting their work up for free at a $5 value for, um, you know, if if you pay this $5 uh, and it gets split between the... the um, those two funds, uh, you can, you can have all of these games and it started out around like 700 games or something like that. A ton of creators just putting their work out there, uh, for these two causes and, um, and it's blown up huge. Like at this point it's raised nearly four and a half million dollars. And when they first put incredible. it's incredible. And this is all from uh, nearly $5 contributions. I guess the average contribution is uh, $10.81. You can give up to, you know, it, you can give as much as you want to this thing. It's uh, by donation. $5 is the minimum. And I would encourage uh, anyone who who uh, 
picks up this bundle to donate as much as you can. Um, but it's it's grown since that seven hundred. You you end up getting a hundred or a thousand five hundred and nine games at this point. But that number is also growing daily. And if you if you've bought it previously, you automatically get the new games. Uh, the bundle what? itself is eight. Yeah, yeah. So if you buy it at any time, you get uh, whatever games will be added to it. Wh- whatever is there. So five dollars gets you a thousand five hundred. I was I was worried point. of I was worried some person would be like, let me get a refund. <laughs> oh geez, no. This is I mean, I I paid well over the five dollar amount, and I feel like like I kind of undersold it because it's incredible how m- many games are on there how creative all these games are some like they're all indie games but some of them are bigger than than others some of them are uh you may have heard of uh there's a game called night in the woods that i was interested in buying for a while but haven't done it yet uh and that that game is in here and the creators of that actually broke their no bundle rule they had a rule kind of uh where where bundling games together kind of uh, cheapens the value of it, right? Like they're putting a lot of work in this and people are not buying it unless it gets packaged with a bunch of stuff and they get it for super cheap. But they, you know, because the cause is so important, uh, they decided to break their no bundle rule and put their stuff in here. There are other game creators that were not on itch.io uh, until this bundle and then decided to port their games over and and sell them through here specifically so they could get into this bundle. And... Uh, when I, when I first bought the bundle, I think the goal was two million. Uh, when it first started, it was a hundred thousand. They didn't know how big this would be, but it's grown from there. The goal is now five million, and they're eighty nine percent there. I think they were like eighty two percent or something like that at the beginning of this conversation uh, when we started the podcast. So uh, it's rapidly growing. It's huge. It's the best deal you'll ever get. So I encourage you to put more uh into it if you can and you get a ton of very creative games not just video games they also have uh like uh tabletop role-playing games they have a lot of just um interesting idea-based things they're not necessarily games you wouldn't classify them as a game they have visual novels they have just different storytelling methods they have some things for mailing like instructions for mailing letters to people and keeping kind of like a uh, connection that way a lot of really interesting stuff going on in there Uh, they have some assets if you're going to create your own game you can use some of these free assets in there Uh, just a ton of mailing mailing letters is game now (laughs) apparently if you could i i didn't really click on that one i i spent an entire day essentially going through the 25 pages of games to find out what it had in it and then the next within the next couple you realize that was a game you were playing yeah essentially (laughs) like it's so meta but no but then they doubled those games so it's now 50 pages of games to go through right so it's a ton it's you could spend the next year basically trying to sort through what you actually got from this uh five dollars enough more games than you could play in your life, it sounds like. Yeah, essentially. So, like, even if there's just one or two that look good to you, this is, like, well beyond worth it. And uh, it it is being called the greatest bundle of all time. And I agree. It's, like, it's 
really incredible. The other thing, uh, it's that's not the only bundle that's going on at uh, itch.io. They also have some uh, bundles that that like smaller bundles that people are putting together uh, on their own that they they constantly have. Like people can put together uh, a little group. I think either developers or maybe even users can put together um, bundles of games that you can buy. Um, and so that y you can search through, there are a bunch of different types of bundles, but some of them will have like either black creators or maybe black protagonists or stuff. There's a lot of different types that you can look around. There's like Black Lives Matter sales that are separate from this incredible $5 bundle, um, but also very cool. So I suggest if anyone even has a passing interest in tabletop games or video games uh, to check this bundle out, or if you just want to see uh, interesting things that, that uh, creative, inventive people are doing. You can buy this bundle and just check it out. Some of them can be played within a browser. You can just go to the website. You don't even have to have a you know incredible computer. Just play it through the browser and see what kind of interesting things are going on. Uh, but very cool, very good cause, and you know on their way to five million dollars raised for these uh, great funds. So that's, check it that's out. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the one organization, or at least the, the fundraiser I wanted to shout out, <clears throat> excuse me, is a fundraiser put on by the fans of uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Hollywood Handbook. <clears throat> it's called The Scoop Troop Gives Back. And it's the, they're donating, basically they're raising money. They're going to split the, uh, it's a GoFundMe. They're going to split the uh, donations between Black Lives Matter, Global Network, Reclaim the Block, the NAACP Legal Defense, and Education Fund, the Color of Change Educational Network, and the Okra Project. And so far, uh, that one has raised $66,005, and their raised goal is $69,420, so uh, getting <laughs> there. Uh, only Hollywood nice. Handbook fans. But... Um, yeah, that that one is I I I would I mean there you know, this is one of those things like if you find a good fundraiser, somebody who's raising money for bail, you know, bail funds or things like that, there's just not a there's there's a ton of tons of great groups. It's not just the ones that I highlighted there, but um the thing I want to highlight for now is I think there's a, a ton of you know, people are wondering where to start in terms of you know, they want to have, if they want to have a conversation or they want to start maybe, oh, you know, not like opening their eyes is the wrong word, but sort of becoming more aware of, of what, you know, like listening to black voices and things like that. There's a couple books and authors I wanted to quickly give some attention to. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Ta-Nehisi Coates has written some great books, but if you're kind of in the you know, the, into the stuff that we're into. He's also written really great comics for Marvel. So, like, on mm -hmm. top of being a great writer in terms of racial issues, he's also written great, like, he wrote a really cool book that was only six issues that I wish had gone longer called Black Panther and the Crew. He also wrote on Black Panther for a couple of years. I think he's the current writer of Captain America. So he is a great voice to be following right now. And if 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 starting with Marvel comics is your way to get into other things that he's written. So if you read Captain America and then decide that you're going to write the, uh, the world between you and me, 
or um, eight years we were in power, like that's, you know, that's a good jumping off point. And then the other person I wanted to quickly shout out is a writer, uh, Chimanda Ngozi Adichie, who wrote um, Americana and We Should All Be Feminists. And I just read We Should All Be Feminists last night. It's a quick 50 page book. It was wow. transcribed from her TED talk that she gave a couple years ago, but there's, there's a bunch of just terrific black writers and black voices out there that, you know, there's, you know, one of the books that people are, are, and now is a movie that people are recommending is a movie and a book called the hate you give, which is very poignant for what's going on right now in terms of its subject matter. But, um, and that's written by Angie Thomas. So there's tons of great material out there, stuff that, just you know is a good jumping on point or you know continuation point something you know just there's there's so much in terms of things that we can be reading and paying attention to and voices we can be listening to at this moment that i encourage you to do any of that all of that some of that whatever you're comfortable with so it's a it's we're living through an interesting time Interesting is the wrong word. It's it's not heavy. It's not big enough of a word for what we're going through. But it's we're certainly living through a, a historic moment, and um, you know we could always we're we're all capable of learning and knowing more. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And hopefully this causes some real change. Yeah. Because it's necessary. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everybody, uh, that'll do it for us, and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.